Hello and welcome to a mini pop episode of the Larry's Pop Pod. I'm Chris Larry. And I'm Amelia Larry. And we're here with regular contributor Joe Moyer. How you doing, Joe? Good. Thanks for having me. And this mini pop is we are going to review a movie that we just saw yesterday, and that is Ralph Breaks the Internet, which is a sequel to Wreck-It Ralph, I believe a 2008 movie. I might be a little wrong on that. In 2012, we'll get that corrected in the show notes. Just quick uh, first impressions. Amelia? I thought it was a really good story about the internet because there's not a lot of movies for kids about the internet. And this these characters are loved already. So. And Joe, what was your quick hot take? Yeah, the quick hot, hot take for me was I had no expectations. I didn't know anything about the movie. Looking forward to seeing a movie with my niece. And I was pleasantly surprised. It was... Uh, interesting. The characters were dynamic. And me being in technology, seeing all the names of technology, being in the internet, was uh, it was fascinating. It really did have a lot of great commentary and sort of inside jokes even about the internet. Um, basically, if you remember from Wreck-It Ralph, these are char- you sort of, you know, the characters behind the video games and this whole construct of their kind of working within the video games and Basically, the old school arcade that they get, uh, that they work at, gets connected to uh, Wi-Fi or, as they call it, Wi-Fi, and then they're able to kind of turn their ones and zeros and go th- into the web. And then, just like the video games, there's this whole uh, characters and people that live within the internet. And so you see YouTube and you see Facebook and you see all this internet culture, eBay, etc. You see Google. It's like the biggest building there. Yeah. You see like. There's also not, like, buildings. Like, if it's Twitter, there's, like, a tree with um, a bunch of birds, like, tweeting. There was a lot of great visual jokes about the Internet that probably you'd find are even funnier. You'll catch more on a second and third viewing. What was your favorite Internet joke? Oh, uh, let's see. There was a lot of uh, funny ones. I think the the Wi-Fi to me was hilarious that, you know, everyone knows what Wi-Fi is. Um, I also thought that the companies mentioned – they must have paid money because the security companies, all the cyber issues in, in the internet, uh, McAfee, Checkpoint, um, all of these companies that I, I work with every day were, were mentioned. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah, and I love that they kind of the eras of the internet. At one point, they have to they go down to like basically the scrap heap or kind of the basement, the dark um, web, the dark web. All the stuff was was great. I loved that they GeoCities was like trash that old AOL property, and they had like like a sign for dial up, and they had some really funny jokes around spam and around pop ups. Yeah. They had this great character who's kind of like the CEO of this BuzzTube viral video hit paid by Tajip. P. Henson does a great job at that. So lots of good internet jokes. By the way, this is going to be a spoiler-free review, so we're not going to give away a lot of plot points or the end because we we definitely want you to see it. Would you recommend this to other people? I would. One of my favorite inside jokes is definitely like the clickbait. Like, click here. You want to know how to get rich by playing video games? Or like, and then when there was um stormtroopers one point, and they were like, you are putting out. Um, unauthorized clickbait information, you will get arrested. And I also like to uh, pile onto that is, first of all, the 80 video games, you know, just all of the references with Pac-Man and Donkey Kong were, were great for me. And then also 
the uh, the amount of likes they had to get in mm-hmm. BuzzFeed instead of YouTube, obviously. Um, that was very interesting because he had to go try to save this situation, which I, I won't uh, tell anyone about. But it was very interesting the way they went about that. Yeah, in fact, you both bring up an interesting point. This movie this is a Disney film, um, you know, in a sequel, as we mentioned. And because Disney has just been gobbling up so much intellectual property that there's a just an amazing amount of characters and voices and images from Disney's property. Uh, Amelia, you mentioned Stormtroopers. So there was Star Wars references. There was Marvel Comics references. There were references to other Disney characters, which actually brings me to one of my favorite kind of plots of the movie, which was that all the classic old school and new school Disney princesses were actually kind of key characters to the movie. Mm-hmm. They Go ahead, Amelia. There was like Brave even, which um, a lot of people don't really recognize as a princess. Um, and I don't think most people know it as a movie. They, I don't think most people know it. it. It's not that popular of a movie. Like Cinderella and Tangled are one of those that are more in the front. But this one, it might be more like Pocahontas. So they have all of these Disney princesses, um, and they are, you know, it was actually part of a pretty funny joke because I know, Amelia, you love doing online quizzes to tell you, like, what Disney princess you would be or what character in Star Wars. <laughs> and so the that was a part of the internet where the princesses, they were almost like they were part of the cast in helping to do those quizzes. Mm-hmm. Um and they just play with a lot of funny tropes around the Disney princesses. Joe, you were talking about about that when we were kind of unpacking the movie in the car ride home. What did you? What was your take on the Disney princesses? Yeah, I thought it was uh, hilarious and also nice theme of building great self esteem in young female uh, future leaders because they're all in their gowns and in most Disney movies they're trying to be saved by a man and in this movie they said, hey. Why don't we put on a T-shirt like the main character? And why don't we um, do great things ourselves to help save the character, right? It was more about what can we do? I thought it was hilarious. They all got rid of their gowns. They put on the T-shirts, and they uh, were in the Internet helping. Yeah, and then uh, mini spoiler, but they do end up having to to help save Ralph at one point, which is a funny turnaround on that. And what's great is that they actually – I mean obviously the – Voice actresses that played Snow White or Cinderella aren't necessarily around, but like the modern ones from Frozen and uh, what's the Rapunzel movie, Amelia? The um, hair? Uh, Tangled. Tangled, yeah. like Mandy Moore, Kristen Stewart. So they brought back all those actresses to do those voices, which is a, a good a good uh, piece of continuity there. This is just a mini pop, so we're going to get out on this quick. Amelia, if you could recommend this movie to another, you know, kid your age, tween, what would be the major reason that that they should watch it? The major reason that they should watch it is the internet is both a good place and a bad place. But this movie takes it to a whole nother level, which is like visual. You see the internet, but you don't see what's behind it and all the codes and everything like that. And that, this movie takes it there. And that's why I think you should watch it. All right, Joe, so from an adult perspective or a parent or an uncle, you know, not just for why kids would like it, but if you're the adult accompanying a kid to see this movie, what would you recommend or why? I would say, you know, overall, just good entertainment, um, great 
characters, like you said, having Star Wars and all the uh, Disney princesses in there were uh, that was fascinating. And then overall, you know, just the theme of the good and the bad of the Internet, um, I think, is very important. And also about relationships between friends and how friends can uh, sometimes possibly hold on too tight. And it's good to sometimes let people go and go live their life so they can enjoy life to the fullest and you can still be great friends. And that theme plays out throughout the movie and especially toward the end. Great points. I would add on both these perspectives, I agree with all of that. Um, I actually thought John C. Riley and Sarah Silverman were great as the voice characters of the two two lead characters. Uh, I thought the characters really kind of were almost based on their personalities to a large degree, and that really helped the characters to be real. You know, John C. Riley's the kind of lovable galoot, and Sarah Silverman's the kind of sardonic, uh, witty uh, female hero- heroine. Oh, oh, I, Kristen Bell, yes. not Kristen Stewart. So thank you, Joe. Um, Got to have IMDb on our fingertips. So it's Kristen Bell. And, and a surprise visit from Gal Gadot, who played Wonder Woman. We, I didn't even wreck it. I, the voice, I, I couldn't quite tell. And we, after the movie, we stayed through all the credits, and we were surprised. Yeah, I was definitely like, who is? I know that that is somebody. So yeah, Gal Gadot, uh, otherwise known as Wonder Woman. The thing I would recommend this movie is that I really thought it was an interesting take on a lot of modern issues and problems. And I really think this is going to hold up to multiple watching. You know, the first time you're kind of watching, especially in the theater, you're caught up in the experience and the, the basic plot. But there are so many visual jokes and references that I think on the second and third viewing, you know, which if you've, you've got kids, you're going to watch these things multiple times probably. There's a lot of social commentary in the movie. So it reminded me a lot of the Lego movie in terms of having those kind of references and, and where adults and kids can like it at the same time because it's really the jokes, the plot, and some of the commentary are, are landing and really on multiple levels. And also just for my point, I know last year we saw a movie and it was on a, a pop – um, Coco. Coco, which after the movie, I said, that movie will win an award. I was blown away. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, just a small prediction here. This w- movie is not going to win a Coco type award, but I think it's going to get something for around creativity, uh, possibly music, but it's going to get something out there for this movie as well. I agree. I think it's going to be a, a well-liked movie. And yeah, we did. We You did call Coco, which did win the Academy Award, I believe, I'm pretty sure, for the best animated film of last year. And it was quite good. And this really kicks off the beginning of, of a holiday movie season, which we'll probably be covering. Anyone have any movies that they're looking forward to this holiday season? I know that you've got one. All right. So it's kind of weird because this movie is a sequel, but I haven't seen the first movie. But one of my favorite actors is in this movie. His name is Lynn Mel Miranda, and he plays Hamilton in Hamilton. And and he wrote it. And he wrote it. And Mary Poppins is just such a great character, and I think they're taking like a modern twist on it. So I want to see that. All right. Do you have any holiday movies that you're looking forward to coming up? I do not have the next one on my list. I'm hoping Amelia will tell me after this pop what I should see next. And this is our first winter in a couple years without a Star Wars movie, so it's a, a little bit of a blank hole. But we will be investing it, investigating it, probably watching some holiday trailers. And we've done a holiday movie extravaganza episode. We might do one of those again. So we will be back. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.